Welcome, welcome, welcome to Campus Life, the college side of our podcast here at Campus DeCanton. As always, I am Austin. And this is Colin. Ooh, that was a long and. It wasn't exceptionally long. I've had longer, but <laughs> hit the note, hit it for a beat the t- longer. The title of your sex date. <laughs> Got him. Uh, thanks, Jake. We're on a roll. Uh, we've been we've been watching through that show, in case you can't tell. Uh, that's so, fair that's a good one it's, yeah, it's, it's, a good it's one. on the mind it's on the mind brooklyn 99 if you folks have not seen it i highly recommend it um, unless you're just a sour person then maybe you wouldn't like it but um have i have yet like... to watch the new season yet oh don't do it that's kind of what i heard i heard it this was a little bit of a letdown it's also like six episodes it's so oh, really? short yeah yeah, it's it's not. It's like eight or ten or so. It's just way shorter than the usual season is, which was a bummer. We got to the end and we were like, are we out of episodes? And we were. <laughs> it, was, it was a bummer. Uh, I've never cried harder. Um, all right, guys. Well, I hope if you're listening in with us here this week, that means that you advanced in your campus playoffs, that you are playing in a semifinal or a final or whatever, whatever you got going on, however many rounds your league has. Um, if not, well, we're going to talk about some uh, some pickups here, maybe some waiver claims you can make to uh, to maybe start planning for next year. Um, you ready to just dive in right, right into this, Colin? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. All righty. Before we begin, guys, this podcast is a part of the Fantasy Points Media Group, along with a ton of other great podcasts, including the True North Fantasy Podcast, the Play to Win Podcast, Dynasty Happy Hour, Injury Prone Podcast with Dr. Edwin Porras, Dynasty Vipers, The Smoke Show, uh, Triple Play Fantasy Podcast, and the Fantasy Points Podcast itself. You can follow all of them on one place on Twitter at Fantasy Points Live, or you can check out their weekly Friday drops that recap the week in the Fantasy Points Media Group. All right, Colin, we've been starting off with news. Uh, injuries generally is kind of what we touch on here. Uh, I guess we'll start with the big one. Bijan Robinson, running back for Texas, the only player the game game knows, is done for the season after dislocating his elbow in Texas's defeat uh, this past weekend to Kansas. So adding insult or injury to insult there. Are we avoiding this backfield now, Colin, or are we scooping up Roshan if if he's available for you know on the waiver wire or trade or whatever else? Nah, I'm avoiding that. I Roshan's fine as like a goal line back is like a change of pace type of a guy, but I'm out on him. Uh, it being any sort of a CFF option. Don't really think he offers much Debbie either. I'm kind of just out on this offense for the rest of the year. I mean, Xavier worthy, notwithstanding. Well, this uh, is not a Xavier worthy week. He goes every no, other. So right. You're right. good this week. Yeah. Right. Uh, I'm just, yeah, I'm kind of just out on, on the, this offense as a whole for the rest of the season. Pack yeah, I kind of move the next year. I can't have too. I mean, I don't think I, people are already saying is Sark's job in, in danger. I don't think it is because no. um, he doesn't. I mean, uh, as with most college football programs, you know, name a good team in college football this year that doesn't have a quarterback at all. I mean, George is the closest thing to it. And, and Stetson Bennett's like, fine. You know, he, he's just, you know, he, he'll get you Whoa. there. And the rest of the team is so good that it doesn't really matter regardless. I can't believe you just uh, you just said Stetson Bennett is fine. Yeah, that for is... a college quarterback. That's, would he be the worst? Would he be the worst college football quarterback you can remember to win a, a championship? Is he worse than Jason White? I mean, Jason White won a Heisman. 
Yeah, I think he would be the worst. He would be the worst quarterback that I could remember to to win a Heisman or he, to win a national title. Is he the Trent Dilfer equivalent? Like we, everyone always says, well, Trent Dilfer won a won a uh, a Super Bowl. Would he be like that? Well, Stetson Bennett won a a national championship. <laughs> I think he's worse than that. <laughs> I know people are like, well, Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl, but Trent Dilfer stuck around the league for a while at least. I mean, Stetson Bennett still can't believe he's starting. I don't know what's going on with JT Daniels, but. It's got to be worse than they let on. We're totally off track here. Um, yeah, but I mean, they, they don't have their quarterback there. They Their defense is, you know, they had to rebuild that entire unit when they got there. Uh, you have Bijan and Xavier Worthy, and that's really it at the skill positions. I mean, it's not, you look at that roster, it's not a, a super strong roster overall. So I think, you know, Sark will be back. Uh, Worthy yeah. will be back. Is Bijan back? That's you know, the, we're, it's speculation time. We're putting on the speculation hat, people, before we before we start this. That's the the million dollar question. There, I don't. I think he comes back because I know we love him in like the Devi community here, the C two C community. We love him. I've heard some minor rumblings from places like PFF, although PF he wasn't even listed on PFF's like returning best returning running back. So. I don't know what like the general NFL draft consensus is on him. And like I mentioned on the Debbie wire show with Matt that I did the other day, if, if he has anything other than uh, multiple teams saying you're a first round pick, come back. You know, the difference between being a second round pick and being a first round pick is millions of dollars. Make yourself some money, come back at least for a couple games there, solidify your draft stock and then sit out the rest of the year. I don't think he is highly enough thought of in NFL circles from or NFL draft circles to warrant sitting out a full year at this point. So, so who's the guy I forget. I think he writes for the athletic um, who is like uncannily good at running back projections to the NFL. You know who I'm talking about? He's like a younger guy. Mm. I don't. Ted Wynn? No. Ah, no. I forget. It, it's a younger guy, and it's going to come to me like right after we finish this show. Um, but he, like, every year people are like, well, what are his running back? Like, he just, like, his running back rankings correlate to NFL success better than, like, any advanced metric. It's just, just bizarre. I forget. I want to know who this is now. I, I forget what his damn name is. I'm going to, I'll remember it later here. I'll do some searching uh, when I don't have to talk as much here. But, he tweeted out a couple of weeks ago, like, yeah, like, be like, like, beyond notice, like, Bijan Robinson is like here. And for him to tweet, like, I, I think people are aware. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure that, yeah, he'll ask around this offseason. I, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that wants to sit out. He doesn't. That's the only thing. Like, I, I think we see him again just because I think, like, personality wise, he won't be able to sit himself down. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree with that. I think. He doesn't seem like the type of guy who would want to sit out. And and like I said, I don't think he has I don't want to say he has earned he hasn't earned it, but I think he would be doing himself a disservice draft capital wise to sit out right now. Oh, I think it's Dane Brugler. Oh, Dane. Okay. I'm pretty yeah, sure it's yeah, Dane yeah. Brugler's running back rankings that are like correlate to NFL success better than literally anything. It's really, really funny. Somebody did like Peter Howard or someone did a chart about it a while ago and it's interesting he, he nails it every single year so um, interesting i do like dane brugler he puts out the the beast every year yeah which is like every position but yeah and bruce feldman over there I, I enjoy their stuff a lot yeah um all right you want you want to talk about sam Howell? 
Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, because we're not doing like headline headlines like we had the rapid fire this one. These are yeah. all a little bit more discussion. But Sam Howell may be out this week after suffering an injury last week. They get Wofford. Um, how do we feel about Josh Downs here this week? Scares the shit out of me. I have a lot of teams that are really relying on Josh Downs. And now I'm scared because I think you can just ram Ty Chandler down their throat. Not that I think Drake May's bad. I just really would have preferred his first start not to come in the semifinals of the CFF playoffs. That would have been really, really cool. I have is, no idea what to expect. Is Drake May definitely going to take over for Howell? Would it, I thought that's... They have, well, let's see. Is it yeah, Jacoby Criswell? Yeah, it sounds right. I got to find that tweet now. I, I just... I, I, I agree with you. Josh Downs scares me to play this Regardless, week. Regardless, I don't feel comfortable with either. Yeah. Yeah, it's because they get Wofford, and Wofford is not a good FCS team. They're, I think they're like one and nine. Is that um, bad? Yeah, they're a one and nine FCS team. So they're not a good team regardless. And if you're not missing Sam Howell, that really scares me for Josh Downs. But man, I mean, if you're if you're in your championship or, or your semifinals or whatever whatever week it's in, you and you have Josh Downs, you rode him this far. You have to play him. Here. I mean, he shit his pants the past two weeks, but you have to play him. <laughs> like, yeah, that's it's tough. That's a tough so, call. It's it 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 sounds like it's kind of a rest week for Hal because they said that he'll be back for the game after that for a Cincy State. Mm-hmm. But I mean, so it's if you're a Sam Howell starter, obviously that's big news. But it's also I think it impacts Josh Downs just as much. But I I think you have to start him. I mean, if you, I'm too scared not to, would you rather go, would you rather go down leaving Josh Downs in your lineup with their backup quarterback this week or with him on your bench and like praying that he doesn't blow up like that doesn't, that second one doesn't feel good to me. It definitely doesn't feel good. It depends on what my other options are, to be honest. It depends on, on who else I have to turn to there. If I'm turning to, Oh man, I'm trying to come up with some names off the top of my head here. Um, Corey Rucker, Marcus Tinsley had a big week last week, although I don't necessarily know if I would trust him moving forward here. If I had somebody else I felt good about, then okay, I might not start downs, but I'm with you. I think you have to, I think you have to start downs. The opposite end of it is that the, the backup might just pepper him. Yeah. That that is certainly a scenario where he gets like eighteen targets. Um, yeah, because he's by far and away the best receiver they have. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, that's a tough one. How about how about this receiver news for you, Colin? Danny Gray from SMU was seen in a walking boot following SMU's game this week, and I kept wondering why his score wasn't going up, and now I know why. Are we pivoting to Reggie Roberson or Rasheed Rice or, or maybe Goffney, Dylan Goffney, the, the, the true freshman kid that's there who I believe led the team in, in, uh, in receiving this week? Uh, do none of those options sound good to you? I mean, they play, they get Cincy. Cincy's banged up on defense, though. They are, Cincy is a little bit banged up on defense, but I don't feel great about either of those options, any of those options there. If I had to pick one, Probably Rice, but I don't feel great about it. I, I like Goffney. I mean, that was a great game from him last week, but I mean, it was like the first game he really did anything this year. 
Um, he's a true freshman. I don't, I don't see him repeating that. And since he's going to have to come out and win this game, I mean, this is their last game left on their schedule. That's really intimidating, even in the slightest uh, until they get to the AAC championship game, which I don't know who they would get at this point, probably Houston. Yeah, that probably sounds right. Yeah. Um, so it, I think they have to come out since he has to come out and win this game, you know, so I, I'm, I'm nervous, nervous starting them. I am too. I think, you know, if we, if you know ahead of time who, who sauce Gardner is going to be on, who I believe I saw a, a PFF tweet, which I mean, their tweets are, are sometimes wrong, but they said that I, I believe that he hasn't given up more than 20 yards to any single receiver yet this season. So I've, if I knew ahead of yeah. time that sauce Gardner was going to be Reggie Roberson, Maybe I'd feel okay about starting Rasheed Rice. And by the way, guys, just a you know shameless plug. We literally talked about Gaffney last week in the Discord. So if you guys are not in the Discord, we literally talked about just how talked he's about going. He's going to step into a role there, and then he he did that and, and and proved us right. So so go check that out. I think the follow up question there, then Colin, is how does do, does this hurt Tanner Mordecai at all? I mean, Gray has been their leading receiver this year, I believe. I haven't looked at the breakdown of targets in a couple of weeks, but I in you know just raw receiving, he's leading those guys. Are you worried about Tanner Mordecai at all? Does this singularly does Danny Gray being out singularly hurt Tanner Mordecai? No, I don't believe it does. They have enough other options there that I think he can distribute the ball and he can be okay. Does Danny Gray being out this week against Cincy hurt Tanner Mordecai? Yes, I think that does hurt him a little bit because of the way the matchup is. I I don't think you can sit Tanner Mordecai if you've gotten this far. Again, it's probably been on the back of Tanner Mordecai. He's having a phenomenal year this year. And despite, you know, like you mentioned, since he is a bit banged up on defense there and you can kind of avoid Sauce Gardner distributed around a little bit, maybe. So I think there's still definitely a path for Tanner Mordecai to have a start of a week. But I'm not expecting a 35, 40 point game from Mordecai like you are used to from most weeks. But moving forward beyond the Cincy matchup, if this Danny Gray injury is turns out to be serious, it's a more than a one week kind of a deal. Then I'm not really that worried about Mordecai after that, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's fair. And I don't. Yeah, I haven't seen anything what this specific injury is. Walking boot could could mean a number of of different things. He could have a, a hangnail. Um, speaking of people with a hangnail, Bo Nix likely season Bo Nix broke his ankle, likely ending his season. Um, do we care? <laughs> you didn't want to read what I wrote underneath it, huh? It's a it's a it's a family show, so it's probably for the best. No, we don't care. And the best thing is, like, he's not supporting any receivers that we care yeah. about. Like, it's. So no, we don't yeah. care. I mean, this might this probably hurts Auburn uh, uh, down the stretch here, but but no, we don't care. Yeah, I was in this start sits coming up here. I was considering putting sit your Auburn passing attack, but then I thought about it. I was like, if you were starting anybody from Auburn's passing attack anyway, you're probably not in a position to be starting or sitting people. Those people were chance. eliminated four weeks ago. Yeah, we're, we're <laughs> that's not the crowd anymore that we're we're talking to. Yeah, so. I'm with you. I don't, I'm not, I don't think this really impacts anything too much one way or the other, other than it impacts Auburn down the stretch. Like you said, you know, you may see them start to fail because I don't think TJ Finley's it. 
Cole Turner is back this week, guys. They hustled Ooh. us this past week. He looked like he might be playing last minute. They rolled him out. Um, definitely didn't didn't screw me in one of my leagues. I definitely don't don't hate the Nevada coaching staff now. Um, he's back though this week. They play Air Force. I mean, he gets his regardless. That's so it's just good news for everybody that that has Cole Turner. I don't know if there's much more to say about that. Probably good for Carson Strong as well, though he performed a little better than I thought he would uh, just statistically last week without him. Yeah, I think that Cole Turner it, being back. I mean, he's back to the, probably the tight end one. Um, Air Force not the best matchup, but. Yeah, I think it's it's a low low total game. I know that was one of the games that uh that uh, Moxley highlighted in in the Discord here is when it opened at like fifty five. He's like jump on over that. So that's that's been dropping. So it should be a low scoring game. But I'm still not worried about Cole Turner. Yeah, yeah. Um, we do have a little bit of breaking news here. Um, Jackson Dart will start this week. Oh, you took that. I was going to take that at the end, you jerk. <laughs> Oops. Stick to the damn script, Colin. It's right there in front of you. I work hours on uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was pointing at my phone. I was like, oh, look, you should have given me the no, no, don't do it. It's all good. Yeah. Talk about Jackson Dart. Um, Jackson Dart starting this week. Yay. Woo! Dark time, darty party, darty. That is, that's it. Darty party. There we go. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's big news. Uh, you know, I think Jackson Dart is a startable option for you this week. Here, if they get UCLA, uh, UCLA's defense is fine. Um, nothing really that's going to scare you, though. I think this is also a boon for some of the other passing options there in that offense because Jackson Dart's willing to push the ball downfield. Um, so that's going to open up you know, some opportunities here for, for your Gary Bryant juniors, for your Taj Washington's. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a good thing. I'm, I'm intrigued. I do have a league where he would be an, a starting option for me. So I'll have to sit down uh, tomorrow morning and take a look at that and, and see what's going on there. Um, and yeah, probably good for um, supporting cast as well. I mean, Keaton Slovis was great for Drake London, not so great for everybody else. And they're going to throw it 40 times that conservative. So, I mean, uh, yeah, the, the the volume will certainly be there for him, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, it also sounds like Keaton Slovis is hurt, so I don't think they're going to yo-yo back and forth. I think you can comfortably start Dart. Boom. Boom. All right, last little news item here. Jimmy Lake, uh, head coach at University of Washington, or former head coach, we should say now, has been fired after a 13-game tenure there. Uh, he had the COVID year and then, and then this year. A uh, bit of a tumultuous time. He was uh, a, a beloved defensive coordinator there. The Washington fans were really excited that he he got bumped up from that job when Chris Peterson left. Uh, maybe a better defensive coordinator than a head coach. Never really looked to to get things on track there, and and they were crushed uh, recruiting as well. So so Washington has done away with him, and obviously fired their offensive coordinator last week as well. Any chance we see Sam Heward? Fingers crossed. Is that that's really all we care about here, right? Fingers crossed. I mean, at this point, yeah, let's do it. They get what Colorado this week, I believe. Colorado's yep, kind of a perfect situation to throw your freshman quarterback out there in. And 
you know, Jimmy Lake and um, Donovan, I can't remember what his first name was, the offensive coordinator. They were both historically very conservative. You know, whoever comes in there, they're not really going to have anything to lose. You know, why not? Why not throw Sam Hewitt out there for him? And I think it's about time that they got rid of Lake and uh, Donovan and the, the OC. I mean, this offense was just awful to watch all year. And, you know, they have some pieces. I like Jalen McMillan. I like Kate Otten. Roma Dunaze is pretty solid as well. You know, the, the running back stable is just a bunch of guys. But, you know, I, there was no reason to not put Sam Heward out there. Dylan Morris was not really the answer. He's not still not the answer. I really hope we see Sam Heward. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Plus, right, so that's- that would make me hit on two quarterbacks two freshman quarterbacks that would start this year after being chastised in the, uh, in the preseason here about saying these freshman quarterbacks would start Thompson dart. Uh, I forget it. Well, all the ones you listed, there were a lot. Um, but... There were not that many is Thompson dart and Heward Thompson has not started because Oregon hasn't really needed him to Anthony Brown has been okay. He's been serviceable. I thought they were going to lose that Ohio state game and then lose another game like they did against Stanford. And then that that may force their hand, but obviously did not happen. But let's you're hope. serviceable. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't quite get it in there when you said they ran serviceable. I wanted to, to really jab you. Cool. All right, Colin. So let's 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 talk into some discussion topics here. Um, the name of the name of the the game tonight is value, and talk about some guys that. That have been crushing it as of late, especially for fantasy purposes. So we kind of want to see where we're at. And then we're actually going to do a little two-round uh, 2022 campus startup mock. Just kind of rapid fire them a little bit um, just to kind of see where we think we are uh, on some of this. So let's talk CJ Stroud, quarterback at Ohio State there. I think everybody probably uh, knows about him. Stroud is having himself quite the year statistically year if my uh my screen will move he has 60 he's completing about 69 percent of his passes he has over 3,000 yards 30 touchdowns five interceptions a rushing touchdown as well he also has a tackle i guess if you play idp you got a point or two there um I mean, on a per week basis, he threw for five touchdowns this week, 361 yards and five touchdowns completed 80% of his passes. I mean, really since the first couple of games, he's just absolutely crushing defenses. Where are we on CJ Stroud? Is he the quarterback two in 2023? If he is, is he an, you know, a top 10 NFL pick? I mean, value wise all around what's going on here. Yeah, I mean, I think he's pretty comfortably the the QB2 in 2023. DJU has fallen from grace here. Max Johnson was another guy that people were touting as a bit of a sleeper. Max Johnson has since looked like he's potentially been benched here for Nussmeyer. Uh, you know, they, they've been rotating those guys the past couple weeks. You know, they don't re- there really isn't a better option for number two there. He's kind of the number two by default, but... He is having a good year statistically, and he's a quarterback from Ohio State. So I do think he gets top 15 NFL draft capital when he comes out. You know, I think top 10, probably fairly safe. Um, Top 15, I feel very comfortable saying, you know, and he's going to put up 
excellent numbers for you next year here as well. Like we're seeing this year, it's kind of the, just the way that the system works. So I feel good about CJ Stroud. I mean, a little bit of a little bit of a shaky start here, but he's definitely righted the ship. Yeah. Um, he's, I mean, he's very sharp. I mean, I got, I don't want to say into an argument with a, a discussion with someone on Twitter yesterday who, I mean, he's the Heisman favorite now. Like, I think we I, need to pump the brakes a little bit on this kid. He's I he's really, there. really good. And I think he's been playing mostly mistake-free. Honestly, I thought he was not very good at all against Nebraska. Like, multiple fumbles, if I remember correctly, in that game. Like, ha- had some some slightly dangerous passes. I mean, I thought he was poor. Straight up poor against Nebraska. Had the, had the, the struggles at the beginning of the year. I think we were pretty steadfast on this show that he should remain the starter uh unless something just absolutely awful happened to him um so i, I you know I, I don't think there's any negative bias there that that's leaking in but just i mean i don't i i need to look and see exactly how much of that like I, I don't know if there's a way to see how much of the yardage that he's passed for has been yak but it has to be a shit ton they yeah. throw so many, you know, like little swing passes and bubble screens and, you know, little slants and stuff like that. I mean, he threw this touchdown to the JSN this past week where they, they ran trips to the left and um, they basically just it was almost like a wheel route. Like he just ran like a little a little wheel to on the inside of the trips, just kind of cut inside for little short and breaking routes. And JSN just ran 20 yards wide open into the end zone. And he just like there are easy passes galore in this offense. I think not saw that last year too. Yeah. So, I mean, I have a really hard time saying that he should even be a Heisman finalist. He wouldn't be in my top five, although he's certainly been good this year. I do think he's probably just the QB two by default in 2023, but I wouldn't take, I wouldn't spend a top 10 or 12 NFL draft pick on him. He won't, he doesn't grade as that for me right now. And obviously he has a whole nother year and I think he can develop, uh, continue to develop in that way. But, I see people spending some crazy amounts on him, and I'm like, I mean, that's great for CFF because he's going to have another good year, but it's a dangerous game that to 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 spend a, a significant amount in a trade or something on him. I disagree that it's dangerous, just because I do think he gets that NFL draft capital, which is something that we want to see out of for these quarterbacks. You know, we're talking this year about which quarterbacks are going to get that draft capital. I mean, we don't really know. I mean, we're talking Sam Howell, talking Matt Corral. Those are probably the two we feel the best about, you know, for 2023, I don't think the quarterback problem in the NFL is going to be solved by in one year by this draft class. There's going to be some quarterback hungry teams. I think he was probably is probably a pretty safe bet to be a top 15, probably even top 10 draft pick. And at that point, an NFL team is going to be giving him a chance. So he's going to be making starts in the NFL, which is not something that you can say confidently about a lot of other quarterbacks in the in NCAA right now. Now, is it dangerous to trade a bunch for him and, you know, bet your future on the NFL side for him? Probably a little bit. Yeah, because I'm with you there that. I need to see a little bit more from him in terms of making throws, make, you know, making NFL caliber throws and not these like dink and dunk swing passes, slants, all that other good stuff that he tends to hit. And then that's just all yak. So 
in terms of his actual NFL future and his actual NFL longevity, I definitely get where you're coming from. But in terms of just production you're going to get next year and then safe draft capital, I think he's one of the safest options we have. So we're going to, I'm not going to ask you how high you're going to take him in drafts because we're about to find out in a minute where, where the two of us would take him. So dun, 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 uh, stay tuned. And now a word from our sponsors. No. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll definitely be talking about him. I think this is going to be a hot topic here at a later debate. Yeah. Safe to assume, Colin, that he has this Ohio State job for like for as long as he's there. Yeah, I think so. Uh, especially with the way Ohio State's kind of been trending lately. Now they did have, like you said, they they, they kind of struggled a little bit there last. You know, so. But as far as Ohio State goes, I think they're going to end up in the playoff. Um, you know, I think that's the way things are trending right now, especially if they end up winning the Big Ten with how strong the Big Ten has looked so far this year with multiple teams ranked inside the top 10 at multiple points throughout the year. They're going to the committee will put them in, I think. Yeah, that's fake noise. That's fake What's, noise. I don't think they I watching Big Ten. There might be one other team that deserves to be in the top 12 to 15. I don't just I don't necessarily disagree with you there, but I'm saying they've been ranked consistently multiple teams inside the top 10. So I think that that's going to work in Ohio State's favor in terms of quality wins and all that other good stuff. So I think Ohio State does get in. Um, let's uh, let's move if, on to another player here. Let's move on to another player here. How's that last sound? note on that, he's not the Heisman favorite yet, according to BetMGM. Bryce Young is still live, Heisman is favorite. He? Okay. Stroud is second, Kenneth Walker third. Stroud over Walker. That's just bonkers. Um, all right. Braylon Allen is a name that uh, people have been asking us a lot about and is actually, so we're going to talk about in a minute, we tweeted out from the C2C account yesterday. Uh, if you had the 101 in your campus drafts, who would you take? And he's the only alternate name that came up besides the four that we listed, which I thought was interesting. interesting. Uh, fairly premature as well, but but uh, but interesting. But Braylon Allen, he produced those really quickly. They aren't really familiar with, you know, any story there or anything like that. 17-year-old kid was a linebacker safety kind of hybrid type kid in high school, reclassified from the 2022 freshman class to the 2021 freshman class to get to campus a year early, switched to running back. Um, got a, a little bit of hype, but also like a lot of, you know, he he's flashes, but he just has like a ton of stuff to work on. The depth chart roulette has really worked out in his favor with Jalen Berger being kicked out there. And then obviously, you know, Malusi, who's been kind of splitting touches with him now done for the season. They also had a, what Nakia Watson transfer out this offseason. And I believe somebody else as well. So it, it just kind of was a perfect storm where he is now getting the, mo the, the most of the touches there. And since Oct or, yeah, October 9th against Illinois was really the first game that he that he took over there. His stat lines 18 for 131 and one. 16 for 108 and 1, 12 for 140 and 2, 20 for 104, 15 for 129 and 1, and then this past weekend, the big one, 25 for 170 and 3 against Northwestern there. Like I said, I mean, 101 in campus drafts is just extremely premature. But I mean, what, what can his value become here uh, as we kind of crawl toward the end of the season? I mean, we know we like Wisconsin running backs. That's just kind of a factory for CFF production. And they they have a pretty solid pipeline into the NFL as well. I'm, you know, 
some hit and miss production here. Monty Ball, kind of a miss. You know, that the, there's there's some some misses in there, but largely they stay. No, relevant. Sean Moreno. Wasn't he Wisconsin? Not Georgia. Oh fuck me! Why did I? No. I don't know. That was I'm that threw me off. I was like, "What?" Um, You're right. Yeah, but they have a pretty solid like track record of sending guys into the NFL there. So if you're getting CFF production and you're gonna, he's gonna be in the NFL. He's a he's a guy that will get drafted and probably, you know, decent draft capital because the NFL tends to like Wisconsin running backs as well. Those two things that, that I mean, that's what we're looking for. You know. We want guys who are going to produce. We want guys who are going to produce in college and at the next level. That's that's the ideal player. So it's looking like he's going to be that type of a guy. And with Jalen Berger missing, uh, he's no longer with the team, right? Yeah, he's he was the, kicked out of school. Yeah. 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 And Ches Malusi is there, but he's just kind of a guy. So I think Braylon Allen is definitely a guy that's flown up draft boards here. He's a guy that'll probably he's not in my top 10 yet, but uh, he'll at the next update, he'll probably be top 20. I don't want to say that I have no idea what to do Braylon Allen, because I have some idea of where I'm, I'm ranking him. He's obviously uh, jumped up my draft or my, my rankings quite a bit. My, conundrum with Braylon Allen is is the two is the double-edged sword of he doesn't even really like and, and I agree Felix talked about this on coast to coast this week because uh, I, I watched this game this weekend he doesn't even know how to play running back so the double-edged sword is that he's doing all you know the the glass half full is he's doing all this now imagine what he can do when he learns how to run the ball the glass half empty is he doesn't know how to run the ball at all. Like you're assuming you're assuming growth that may never come. And this is just a, a, a big boy, a bigger boy than I generally like to project. I mean, that how often do you get a, a 240 pound plus running back Derek Henry? And then, you know, the one before that was what Jerome Bettis and he didn't come into the league 240. So <laughs> I, uh, for instance, I am willing to bet a decent amount of money that by June, Braylon Allen, and it might even be sooner than that, Braylon Allen goes before Tank Bigsby in drafts. I think I actually feel like that's almost a certainty. And I think that would be foolish, personally. I don't think Tank, I mean... He's beaten up like some of the defense. I mean, the 20 for 104 against Iowa was solid, but Iowa's rush defense has actually not been great, great this year. I mean, the other teams that he did this against were Illinois, Army, Rutgers, and Northwestern. And Northwestern got absolutely shredded by Hassan Haskins the week before this. We're not talking about Hassan Haskins as a top two round pick. I get that there's situational differences, but bear with me. I mean, I. I I think he's got his his ADP is going to be so high that I'm ne- I'm not going to have zero Braylon Allen next season. Yeah, his value is is skyrocketing. His value is going to make him in a situation where I probably will not have any of him either. That being said, I do like the size, speed. You know, I, it, it's and he's learning the position, so. 
you obviously want to project growth there. Like you said, it is kind of dangerous to project that much growth. So it's, it's definitely a situation that doesn't really have a clear answer. And I know that's not what people want to hear. Uh, you know, people are going to feel strongly convicted towards Braylon Allen and people are, were feeling strongly convicted towards Jalen Berger earlier. So Here, you know, here's what I'll say generally to people is going to be kind of my approach to him. If I can get him this offseason for cheaper than what I assume is about third round ADP in a draft, I'm probably taking that deal. But I think those days, those days might be might be far gone. So, yeah, just by evidence, by him being the only write-in candidate for the one-one, I think like those I th- days are behind yeah. us. Like I, people are going to take him over Zach Evans, which just is like stupid. How high do you think he gets in C two C startups next offseason? Because we're losing top ten guys that we would be losing: Spiller, Hall, Kyron Williams. Assuming cool. those yeah. are likely all to move on to the draft, so then you're looking at a top seven ish, uh, according to our site, uh, our con- consensus rankings, top seven would be Bijan, Travion, Jameer, Tank, Zach Evans, uh, Jason McClellan, Will Shipley. Do you think how many of those guys do you think he jumps? I would take him. I, I don't know how many he jumps, but I personally wouldn't take him over any except for maybe Jace McClellan. I wouldn't take him over Will Shipley. Will Shipley's a more round, well-rounded back. I agree. I agree with that. I, I would still take McClellan over him too, to be honest with you. You know, I think McClellan showed well enough in his receiving role this year. And, and you know, then he got hurt obviously at the beginning of the year and it's, it's an ACL. So he should be back, but the debate I, for him, for me is going to start coming in where you talk about like the Kendall Milton, Blake Corum tier. I think that's where you start talking about Braylon Allen. I agree. With I don't that. know. Let's, like let's that. find out here in a few minutes. Let's find out here in a few minutes. Huh? Shall okay. we call him? Let's do it. Um, so like I said, we did a Twitter poll, uh, we asked who should be the one Oh one in drafts next off season. Of course, um, my Twitter reset itself here while I was talking very, very kind of them. We got 700 and let me find it here now. Of course, I'm having all sorts of computer issues here tonight. You said like 739 or something. We got like 783 votes on this poll, guys. The names we put on there, we put we put four options. We said if you had the 101, who would you take? Bijan Robinson, Travion Henderson, Bryce Young, and Caleb Williams. The breakdown surprised me a little bit. We got 57% voted for Bijan, 33.1% voted for Travion Henderson. 6.4 for Bryce Young and Caleb Williams only got 3.6. I wonder if we'd asked this question before this weekend's game where he, he kind of struggled a little bit and got his hand stepped on. I wonder if Caleb Williams would have had a little more of that vote. But I mean, and, and like I said, we said if you have a different name, drop it below. The only alternate we got was Braylon Allen. So uh, very, very interesting uh, to me. Do you agree with this poll yeah i agree with the the players that we put in the poll i did not create this poll um i do agree some idiot did (laughs) i do agree with the players put in the poll i think that that was a very fair four if you're going to throw somebody else out there i'm surprised kashan butte didn't get any love but or jameer gibbs or something yeah yeah probably just more the position 
Um, but I, yeah, I, I mean, I voted in the poll. I voted Bijan. Uh, so, you know, I agree with the poll largely to, to what it shook out as. How much did you say Caleb Williams was? Like 3%? Three, like less than 4%. Yeah. Less than 4%. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what? Yeah. Because I would not consider him at the 1-1 at this point. So he's a fairly distant fourth option behind the other three. So, yeah, I agree with that. I, I was surprised that because I think, you know, if you told me I had to take a quarterback or, or I don't know, I mean, I, I, I struggle to think of a format that would, that would, you know, make me lean quarterback over Bijan or Travion, who would be my top two picks. I think I would take Caleb Williams. I just think the ceiling is a little bit higher. I think the Bryce ceiling Young. is a little bit higher, but I think Bryce Young is a much safer pick, a much safer projection to the NFL as well. And at that point, I want, if I'm taking a quarterback that early, I want to feel good about their NFL prospects. I mean, the only Oklahoma quarterback in the past six years that hasn't been a top pick was a dick. <laughs> and Caleb Williams doesn't seem like a jerk, you know, like I, like I, I think that that's pretty safe personally. Yeah. I still think he has some progressing he needs to do as a passer. And I just, sure. I feel a lot better about Bryce Young's overall prospect profile. Sure. Yeah, that, that was to the move at quarterbacks. Though that so. was the big surprise to me. I think Bijan led from start to finish. Like I don't, I, 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 I voted the first vote, which was for Bijan. I think he held the lead after that, from what I saw. Um, so I, I guess, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. And I think those are the top, the obvious top four, the obvious top tier. Um, I wouldn't put. Uh, any other quarterbacks in there. I, 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 none of the receivers necessarily fall into there just because, you know, there's so many quality ones that come through college football right. now that you know, that's why Keishon Boutte was so amazing because he was going after like David Bell and Traylon Burks. And you're like, wow, like I can get like, you know, the wide receiver one probably as like the wide receiver four. That was a value. Obviously now taking the wide receiver one at wide receiver one uh, is no longer necessarily a value. Um, so interesting, interesting results. We will see how it plays out. Um, but that that would be my bet as to the top four uh, once the ADP starts settling in. But Colin, let's do our own two round mock. We'll start this train, this ADP train off <laughs> here. I know some people are looking forward to next year already, and we've actually had a couple of people on our Discord talking about doing midseason startups. Um, so uh, they are happening out there. Um, Colin, do you want to have the one hundred and one? I'm feeling very generous tonight. <laughs> Yeah, I'll take the 101. I, yeah. I think we both agree as to who it is. So it's really just a matter of which one of us gets the first pick because the first two picks would have been the same regardless. But I will graciously accept the 11 and I will take Bijan. Cool. And then yeah, I'll take Travion. I think those are just the obvious two two picks. Um, mm -hmm. you know, anything short of them getting, you know, hit by a bus walking across campus, I think, you know, there there's <laughs> there's uh not going to be a loss of value there agreed uh, so that really the draft really starts i think at the 104 because well no i'm gonna say the 105 because you said you would take caleb williams over bryce young i said i would take bryce young over caleb williams <laughs> so i'm going to first for <laughs> i am going to take bryce young here oh god okay so we literally just went down the list <laughs> of our top four all right 105 colin <laughs> 
who do you like at the 105 now? This is, so let's, let's, let's set the parameters here first. This is super flex or, you know, on the college side, it's two quarterback. This is tight. Let's say tight end premium. Let's say full PPR. Uh, and that's all we need. 12 teams. So we're doing 24 picks total here. Um, I will take Keishon Boutte here. I'll take the top receiver off the board. I feel very, very safe about his projection to the NFL. And then I am going to take Jameer Gibbs here, who, um, you know, the distance between between uh, him and whoever you want to say is your RB3 in this upcoming class, the 2023 class, whether it's Tank Bigsby or Zach Evans or, uh, you know, Sean Tucker or whatever other flavor of the month, um, I, I would take, I think Jameer is significantly above all of them. I mean, he's got special teams abilities, returning kicks like crazies, second in the country in all purpose yards. He's, he's been great. Yeah, I completely agree with him being in very comfortably the RB2 for the 2023 class. Again, you know, the Debbie Wire show I did with Matt, I had him in a tier by himself behind Travion and or behind Bijan and Travion. So no fault with that there at all. He was the other guy I was considering if I didn't go Boutte. I just think Boutte is a lot. The difference between Boutte and the next closest receiver for me, who's probably JSN. Sure. Um, is probably a little bit bigger than the difference between Gibbs and, and my next running back. But yeah, I, I do think, think there's a, there's a sizable gap between Gibbs and the next guy. I, I think that's a fair way to look at it. Yeah. Um, I will take, so what am I, the one seven here? You're right? the one of seven. Yeah, we're, we're halfway through the first round. I will take Quinn Ewers here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has okay. yet to play a snap, and I don't think he will take a snap at Ohio State. I think it'll be somewhere else. But I thought very, very highly of him as a prospect. And it hasn't really done anything to change that for me. Fair enough. So I guess uh, just looking at uh, kind of what I've got remaining uh, here in terms of names I'd be considering, I have Jackson Smith and Jigba as my highest remaining wide receiver. Um, CJ Stroud would be my highest remaining quarterback. And then uh, Zach Evans would be my highest remaining running back. So kind of kind of the, the trio I'd be looking at. I think I would take JSN there, though. Um, just because he's the presumptive wide receiver one for that Buckeye offense next year, uh, paired with CJ Stroud. And I think he gets, you know, top 15 draft capital. He goes to the NFL and he's just, I mean, the thing that he's so he's positionless, like he's just versatile. And I don't mean like a hybrid guy. Like, I mean, like you can just line him up like at X, Y, or Z. And I think he'd be absolutely fine in the NFL. So that's a, a huge bonus there for him. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I'll take Zach Evans here. Um, I, I'm not really that worried about him not playing right now. I, you know, or the taking his stuff TCU off of his Instagram and everything like that. I, I still think that had something to do with him knowing Gary Patterson was going to get fired. Um, so, I, I'm not worried about Evans right now. Uh, I, I saw enough from him this year that I, I like his his skill set a lot. Well, Gary Patterson told them at practice that they'd never fire him. Did you hear that story? No, I did not. <laughs> like a week or two before he got fired, I guess he was overheard at practice telling them, like, you know, like getting to trying to push them to work or whatever. And he's like, they're not going to fire me. Like, they'll get rid of you before they get rid of me. <laughs> Whoops. File that into the, the, the things that aged like milk. Um <laughs> I heard that. I forget where I heard that story a day or two ago. It made me, made me chuckle. Um, then I'm going to go CJ Stroud here. I don't know if I would do this in a regular draft, guys. You know, I'm Mr. Zero QB. Um, 
Got to stay on brand. I like that's why like the the it changes every offseason. I have to look and see how I feel about some of this ADP. That feels about where CJ Stroud probably will go, uh, and I'm I guess I'm comfortable taking him compared to some of my other options. Uh, that makes it that makes it very difficult here for me to be honest with you. One eleven at the one eleven that makes it very difficult here for me. I like Josh Downs. I worry about his CFF production with anybody other than Howell there. I think it's probably going to be pretty safe, but we don't know what that quarterback situation is going to look like. I'm assuming it's going to be May, but we'll see. Um, you know, then I'm looking at Xavier Worthy. That's an option that I like a lot there too. I like Xavier Worthy. He's cracked into my top 10 at wide receiver now. Um but I don't know who's going to be throwing him the ball either. So, you know, and he's a little, they're both worthy and downs are a little bit undersized at the wide receiver position. So I don't know what their ceiling is at the NFL level. All of that is to say, I'm going to, I'm going to take tank Bigsby. Um, It's, it's, it's definitely a questionable pick. I don't love this range right here, to be honest, but you know, I'm, I think Tank Bigsby, you know, probably a little bit banged up here this year. Um, his value's definitely taken a hit, but he's still my next available running back. Well, then, with him being gone... Is that who you would have taken there? I think so. Okay. I think so. Makes me feel a little yeah. bit better. I'm still... Like, like I, I think my thing with Tank was last year, like I just didn't think that he was worth the equivalent or more than Jameer Gibbs, and that's where we saw him go a lot in drafts. But his new value, because I don't, I think he'll go lower than that in drafts. I think, I you, think you, you just too. took him earlier than most people are going to, and I agree with where you took him. I actually think, like I've been, I think I said it like a week or two ago on here. I think I'm gonna be buying up a lot of Tank Bigsby this offseason. I think he's injured. Yeah, I think he's injured, and I think we'll never know, or we won't know for another year or two, and it'll kind of come out. Which you're doing your players a disservice if you don't say anything, but Agreed. whatever. Um, so for the one twelve, the last pick in this first round, I think I'm going to go with Will Shipley. I don't know what's going to happen there at Clemson this offseason in terms of offensive coordinator, in terms of quarterback, but. They're going to have to make some sort of change there. Like it's just, they, they will not make it through another season of this same bullshit that's going on there. Just, right. They quite frankly cannot. Uh, not that to say that Dabo is going to get fired, but someone's going to have to step in and, and, and force his hand. So I, I think that the offense changes a little bit this offseason. I think regardless of whether it's DJU or Kate Klubnik or whoever, Tyson Foma Chan or however you say it. Um, I I'm sorry if I said that wrong. Um, they're going to rely on the run game, and so I think it's going to be Shipley. I think his his value, like he's going to be a screaming value in drafts this year at the end of the first. Like I'm that, that if I can't get the 101, I might just take like the 111 or whatever and, and snag him in all my drafts. Yeah, I think that's very fair. He's the next guy that I probably would have considered there, just because at the wide receiver position. This is just kind of a cluster to me, and I don't. There's not a ton that separates these next, you know, five, six guys here. So, yeah, I probably would have gone with Shipley there as well. So just to just to uh, give everybody the first round here, then we're going to skip into the second round. 
we went at the 101, Bijan Robinson, uh, Travion Henderson, second, Bryce Young, third, uh, Caleb Williams, fourth, Keishon Boutte, fifth, Jameer Gibbs, sixth, Quinn Ewer, seventh, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, eighth, Zach Evans, nine, CJ Stroud, 10, Tank Bigsby at 11, and Will Shipley at 12. So, Colin, you are on the clock. What do you like? I think I'm going to go Michael Mayer here. It's slightly early for him, but it's, if I don't love, like I said, there's not a huge gap separating these wide receivers for me here. The next running back that I have on the board um, on my board here is Jace McClellan. I have some question marks about him. Diamante Trainum's right after him. Also have some question marks there. Um, quarterback, my next quarterback, I have DJU. Don't feel real great about him. I'm getting the best player at the tight end position by a pretty wide margin. And he's a guy who's going to help me on the CFF side. And then when he does go to the NFL, I think he's going to get early for a tight end draft capital. I don't know if he'll go in the first. Um, I think it may be the back half of the first, but he's going to get drafted. He's going to produce the NFL level. So I'll take the number one player at this position over guys that I don't feel that great about. That's fair enough. I I think you have to take Xavier Worthy here. And I'm going to make another pick again in a couple of picks because I know you're not going to take him, Colin. I think this player is actually going to end up being the best wide receiver in this class. I don't think Worthy ends up being the top receiver in this class. But I get that he's had the otherworldly freshman season. And I think if you're in this spot and he's still there, you you had to do it. So I, I will take Worthy, uh, who is is great in his own right. Game theory. Um, no, I, he's Xavier Worthy. If I had taken somebody besides Mayer, probably would have been Worthy here. Uh, he is the next highest receiver that I have on the board. At this spot, I'm going to take Josh Downs. I like uh, he's going to produce in a Phil Longo offense with probably with whoever they have at the quarterback position, probably going to be Drake may. I'll take Josh downs here. Interesting. So I actually, I'm pretty surprised he is still here. I think his value will be pretty high next off season. This is probably the guy that the other guy that I was debating on Jackson dart. Yes. Yeah, I, I think I would take I would think about starting to take Jackson Dart here. Yeah. So looking at my quarterback rankings, I do have DJU still ahead of Jackson Dart. And this is this is kind of really where rankings start to take shape because I would not have taken DJU there. I really was considering Dart. So I think that means to me I need to move Dart ahead of DJU. I think you do. I think you do, Mon. Yeah. This is this is these are the kind of exercises that are really good to do because it helps to shape your rankings a little bit. Um, the next guy that I will take here just, is just to comment on that. That's how Kelsey and I do road trips. Is what we we do full forty five round mocks in the car and just sit there and go go down our list. It really helps both of us refine our rankings. Kelsey is my wife for anybody that I'm sure. No, Kel- Kelsey's rankings are phenomenal. I trust yeah, hers great. way more than yours. Pristine. I would call her rankings pristine. Yeah. 
I mean, she doesn't she doesn't put them out for public consumption, but that's where that's where you get a lot of your rankings. She's too busy just kicking ass, yeah, in all her leagues to yeah. to ship them out. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, you're good. Uh, next guy that I'll take here, uh, Quinton Johnston. Uh, I think it's going to really depend on who comes in there to TCU, but if it's if Sonny Dykes does come in, I think that he could have a great year in CFF. But I, I still like his profile a lot, projecting to the NFL. I'm going to take Sean Tucker then, running back at Syracuse. Um, I think another year, a big year, should be expected out of him. That offense isn't going to change that much. It's going to be him and Garrett Schrader against the world. Um, not a difficult schedule there, generally speaking, for uh, defensively in the ACC. So I I, uh, I will take Sean Tucker. Uh, after bef- I mean, before some presumably bigger name running backs you know your kendall milton's your your uh your jace mcclellan's your braylon allen's we talked about i'm taking them over all those guys then i will take jace mcclellan that's the next highest running back here on my board um i have you took sean tucker who i have at 15 uh then i have um jace mcclellan and one other guy ranked ahead of him fair enough um at here so we are at that two one two three four five so we're at the 208 so i get three more picks this is i mean it's tough here guys i mean my next tight end would be brock bowers but i'm sure as shit not taking brock bowers 208 in any drafts i do you could give me like 10 point reception premium for tight ends <laughs> I, I would not take him there you're talking to your kendall milton your blake quorums your sincere, your sincere McCormick's, if he were to come back, I could I see scenarios in which he returns. I mean, and then after that, you know, LJ Johnson, Devin Neal, some of those kind of guys at wide receiver. We're, we're talking, um, you know, Rakeem Jarrett and Jermaine Burton, both of whom have been relatively disappointing this year. Marvin Mims, disappointing. Jordan Addison has been good at Pitt. Um, those would kind of really be the only names that I think would fit in there at wide receiver, except for one more who I'm, I'm not going to say yet. Um, I'm going to have to take <laughs> this is terrible radio it is <laughs> <laughs> I this isn't a real draft um, I'm going to take I'm going to take the first freshman oh I'm going to take Jade on blue that's good I honestly kind of forgot that we could draft them i mean we only there was only one freshman going in the top two or three rounds really last year i mean maybe caleb williams snuck in uh toward the end of the offseason but i mean there there aren't a lot of them and i do think the success of travion is going to lead a lot of these guys to be overdrafted this year if i had to guess so i'm interested to see how that all shakes out but give me blue who i know some aren't super high on but he's my top player in the entire class regardless of position he just is. We did a YouTube video on it. If you haven't watched it yet, go watch it. He is, yeah, he's my top running back in this class too. He'll probably be my top player overall since Quinn Ewers is reclassified. So I'm I think that was a great pick. And Braylon Allen, obviously, if he hadn't reclassified. <laughs> <laughs> um, my next pick here is a guy that I think is going to be under the radar here a lot going into this offseason. 
people kind of had higher expectations of him. He was going a little bit earlier here. And I do think that, uh, I think that we had a little bit to do with what his ADP was because typically most of the people at the site are a little bit higher on him. But I think he's going to have a lot of opportunity open up next year. That's Demonte Trainum. I think Rashad White goes to the NFL. Um, he, I don't know if he could come back if he wanted to. He probably could. White, White has years left, yeah. I think he's going to go. I think he's going to jump ship. And if he does, that gives Diamante Trainum a larger portion, a much larger portion of that backfield. I don't think he's going to get to himself. They have Daniel Nada there. But I like Trainum. I think he's a lot more athletic than you know what you think looking at his size. I want to see him catch some passes. I hope they give him the opportunity to, but uh, can we train him? All right. I'm going to drop my, my secret name in here. Now this might seem like crazy talk guys, but I think, you know, worthy is going to have the first year breakout on anybody in this class. Like he's having like what the second best freshman season uh, from a, a power five kid ever after Julio, I think is the, it's up there. So, I mean, he he's crushing it this year. I'm not trying to take away anything from Worthy, but Texas is going to bring in at least one or two guys to actually compete for targets there. There's virtually nobody there uh, to do that. So I think that he, he takes a bit of a hit on that. Um, and I think more competent QB play like helps the team but hurts his market share because I think you know Casey Thompson is just looking for him over and over and over and over again. So I don't think he ends up being the wide receiver one in this class. And this is going to be a bit of a bold prediction, but I think the guy that's going to come out next year that is going to crush it and is going to take over, or at least be heavily in the discussion is Marvin Harrison Jr. at Ohio State. Losing Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave there. I mean, Olave is the third receiver there this year and he has over 50 catches for 700 and something yards and 11 touchdowns. Like, holy crap. JSN is going to do what he's doing again. He's got about 60 catches for a thousand yards and, and a handful of touchdowns as well. I mean, there's just so much volume there. I think Marvin Harrison just steps in and it just sucks a lot of that right up. So give me Marvin Harrison. Yeah. And I think that he is very safe for what role he's going to have. It's it's I know what role Marvin Harrison is going to play in that offense. I like Emeka Egbuka better as a receiver. I had him rated higher coming out, and I don't think either of them have done enough either direction to warrant flip-flopping those, so I still have them, Egbuka and then Harrison. But Egbuka and JSN, I think, are both... Egbuka's probably a little bit better in the slot, I think, and JSN has kind of operated there. So I don't know how the roles are going to shake out between those two but I know what role Harrison Jr. is going to have. So I like that call. Um, my next pick here. Oh, man. What, what am I at? 211? 211, yeah. This is my last one. Don't mess this up. Oh, man. Hmm. Um, hmm. I'm between two guys. Right now, I'm going to take Branson Robinson. That's what uh, I wanted to take. I'm going to take Branson Robinson here. One, because I knew a little bit of game theory. I knew you wouldn't take the next guy that I wanted. Um, but also because I Kendall Milton's really disappointed this year. Um, as I've been watching a little bit more, I, 
just has not been has not been looking that great this year. So I think that there's opportunity for Branson Robinson to step in and potentially lead that backfield. Probably going to be a split, but I do like Branson Robinson's profile a lot. Uh, so yeah, give me Robinson. All right, in the two twelve, I'm going to take Anthony Richardson. I'm just kidding. I would never do that. <laughs> I would never give Felix that satisfaction, even if I wanted to take him there. Um, got him. Oh, so I sat here and thought really hard about this while you were talking. I didn't listen to anything you said, and I still didn't come to a conclusion. So I'm sorry that I didn't really listen to anything you said. That's fine. I don't listen to half of what you say. It's How about let's let's take Jordan Addison? Why not? Hail to Pitt. Let's go. I mean, he answered a lot of questions I had this year. He's been really, really good. Been very well rounded. Um, the th the hang up on him is that I don't know that he gets round one draft capital. Like I think he's a top fifty pick. I don't know that he's a top thirty pick or whatever. And so that 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 could you know impact uh, opinion on him a little bit, make him maybe drop a little bit of value. But I, I like Addison there. Um, so that's just uh, so uh, second round here, guys. And I'm, we'll, we're going to tweet these out actually after the show, guys. And we'll do that. Um, two two oh one, Michael Mayer. Uh, second, Xavier Worthy, Josh Downs. 203, Jackson Dart, 204, Quentin Johnston, 205, uh, Sean Tucker, uh, 206, Jace McClellan, 207, Jadon Blue, 208, Chipper Trey Anum, 209, Marvin Harrison Jr., 210, Branson Robinson, 211, and then Jordan Addison to wrap things up at 212. So that is the draft, guys. Um, some names that, that are still on the board. Braylon Allen, the aforementioned Braylon Allen, is probably you know going to come off the board here very shortly. We've got uh, Drew Aller, the top quarterback in this upcoming class. Um, DJU, Spencer DJU, Rattler. Yeah, both of those guys are still there. Um, some other intriguing quarterback options. Um, so uh, Rakeem Jarrett, Jermaine Burton, a lot of those Georgia kids, Kendall Milton. Um, so, uh, so some decent names still left on the board, guys. I think uh, the third round might be a better spot this year than, than it might have been last year in drafts. Yeah. Um, so Parker Washington was the other guy that I was considering at my spot, but I knew you wouldn't take him. Nope. Nope, I wouldn't. I think have. he's with, with Drew Aller coming in there and an up, hopefully an upgraded quarterback and Jahan Dotson leaving, I think he could have a really big year next year. Yeah, so, yeah, certainly possible, and he might end up being one of those bigger value guys next year. Um, but all right, Colin, let's let's do waiver wire real quick, and we'll get into our start sits, and then we'll get the people out of here. Um, last week, just to review, guys, we did we talked about Logan Diggs, uh, running back in Notre Dame, Chandler Morris, quarterback at TCU, Ra Ra Thomas, wide receiver, uh, true freshman there at Mississippi State, Daquan Finn, the freshman quarterback at uh, Toledo, and then Trayvon Rudolph, the second year freshman at Northern Illinois. Um, none of those guys would have uh, gone up enough to cross our threshold, but we are not going to talk about any of them again here this week. Some new names for you guys. Uh, Donovan Smith, Colin, 1% rostered on fan tracks, I think is my ad of the week. I, I don't want to speak for you, um, but but he, he definitely is there for me. Uh, he had his first career start, I believe, this week for Texas Tech. He's gotten some other action. Um, but but this was his first game all to himself, and he really just truly delivered there. Passed for over 300 yards, um, uh, three touchdowns, one interception, ran for 50 yards on the ground as well. This is a kid that's 6'5", 230, guys. He's a big boy. And I mean, and he's completed on the season. He's thrown 60 passes. He's completed almost 80% of them. And it's not just kind of dink and dunk. I mean, he's taking some shots. I, I think this is a kid 
that should be on your radar big time. If you have waiver wire ads and you have fob or whatever, go spend it on him and carry him into the offseason. He's going to be a hot commodity. Yeah, you and Felix both have been hyping him up here lately. I admittedly did not watch him at all this weekend. I haven't seen him at all, so I can't really speak much to you know how he looked. But Felix posted some nice clips on there. I was definitely impressed from what I saw. Box score stat line looks good too. One percent owned. You know, my worry is Baron Morton there, but I don't think that's a worry. If this kid starts the last two games on the stretcher, this is a new coaching staff. Right. that just got there. I think they're going to say we have our quarterback. I honestly, like if Donovan Smith plays ball down the stretch here, I think Baron Morton's probably gone. Yeah. I, I mean, there's no sense in sticking around there because this kid's, he's a he's a second-year freshman. He got injured in preseason last year, didn't play at all. But, you know, a former athlete uh, designation turned quarterback here. And he's just, I mean, I, I don't, I, the, the staff is going to fall in love with him early and it's going to be over. Yeah, it's definitely possible. Um, next guy on the list there, we have uh, Isaiah Nayor. 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 I'm not really sure how to pronounce that one there. I'm Come on, terrible. Colin. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm terrible with pronunciations. You know that. Uh, I have a very bad track record with that. Anyway, Isaiah Nayor, he is 6% owned there. He is the uh, wide receiver from Wyoming. Um, big week this past week. Big week this past week. Six, 126 in a touchdown. Um, strung together a couple of, of decent games here down the stretch. Um, three for 72 and two, three for 45 and two, the two weeks before that. So he's starting to come on here. He's a sophomore. So you got a couple years left for him. Guys, Wyoming's offense this season, they've played 10 games, they've completed 123 passes. They averaged, I, I, you did not hear me wrong, they averaged 12.3 completions per game <laughs> on 24 attempts. So they're, they're, it's 50 50 uh, uh, when someone there drops back. And Naor has 32 catches on the year. I mean, so he's got, you know, 25% of the receptions. He's got about 600 yards, uh, which puts him um, at, at roughly 30 something percent he's got nine touchdowns i mean the, one other dude has two and that's it i mean he's dominating what is possibly the worst passing situation outside of like army in in the entire uh call entire fbs it's it's really really interesting and he's he's, he's a big boy he, he's like six three two ten. 210 I mean, a second year freshman there um, so I, just, a, a name to note, he might never be a volume guy. I, I, and it's really hard to kind of gauge with some of these small schools. Like he's dominating the, the, you know, the data says he's dominating, but like, really he's going to be like a seventh round NFL draft pick and not to like, I mean, it's just, it, it, there's some of those guys, every class, you don't really know how to, how to value them, but it, an intriguing name there. If you've got some bench spots. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Timmy McLean. One uh, percent rostered quarterback for USF. There, they they're building a little bit of something, something there. They hung around this week against Cincy. Uh, McLean's a dual threat kind of kid. Um, had some absolutely atrocious throws, but also flashed a little bit, and he's very, very athletic. I 
if I think he's worth certainly worth a bench spot if you've got one and, and you're trying to stash some quarterbacks and see what happens. Just like we've talked about, you know, Daquan Finn and, and some of these guys recently. Yeah, he definitely falls into that Daquan Daquan Finn grouping there. Um, last guy on the list, the guy we mentioned a little bit earlier here, Dylan Goffney, wide receiver for SMU, true freshman. Uh, had his coming out party here this week, 10 for 88. You know, sounding like Danny Gray, walking boot, who knows exactly how that injury is going to shake out there. But either way, Roberson is gone. Uh, Rasheed Rice is a junior, though, correct? I believe. Yes, he went Juco. I'm okay. pretty sure. I'm pretty sure him and Gray both were Juco kids. Gotcha. So they do have Gray. They do have Rice coming back next year. But Dylan Goffney is a guy that I think is going to have a role in this offense next year. Um, Tanner Mordecai also should be sticking around. So I don't think the biggest worry is losing Sonny Dykes. But, uh, you know, the pieces are going to be there. He's going to have a role. He's only 1% rostered right now. So he's definitely got to go, uh, go throw a claim on. Cool. So that's going to do it uh, for this week's rendition, guys. I, we, I I think those are all good names for you. All right, Colin. Not quite as strong of a week, but we both were still at least 500 or better in the start-sit competition. Uh, I am currently sitting at 101 and 84, and you are at 97.83. So we're you know right, right beside each other there. Uh, just to give everybody a little rundown again of what start-sit is it is our weekly competition we each pick 10 names 10 starts 10 sits we do not give each other our list ahead of time and then we reveal uh back and forth here on the show uh repeats between the two of us are allowed um and we uh these are non-obvious names that we're trying to give on both sides of things um so so not telling you to start you know josh downs every week um you you already know that although you know obviously a little cloudier here this week um Colin, you usually start off the start. So let's uh let's let's let you continue with that the, that honor. Uh first one I have the year this week is Juan Dale Robinson. Uh he has a touchdown in five of his last six games here. He's very clearly the focal point of that passing attack. Kentucky gets New Mexico State this week. They're the fifth worst pass defense in the FC in FBS. They average 294.8 pass yards per game against. I think this is a big Wandale week. They allow a lot of explosive plays too. I mean, not to necessarily comp Wandale Robinson to Jamison Williams, but they are going to play similar roles in these two games. And last week against Alabama, New Mexico State allowed Jamison Williams to have six catches for 158 yards and three touchdowns. So. Yes, I also had Wondell Robinson, uh, <laughs> hence why I had that stat uh, so handy. Fair enough. I do think you're going to have the next guy here as well, uh, Ty Chandler. No, Ty. I didn't put Chandler. Okay. I thought it was too obvious, bro. Ty Chandler has one, at least one touchdown in five of his last six games. He did miss last week. He did not score last week. Uh, he has at least two touchdowns in four of his last six games. They get Wofford this week, who we already talked about, is a 1-9 and nine FCS opponent. Not very good at all. Sam Howell is looking questionable. Even if he plays, I think they just feed the rock to Ty Chandler this week. Yeah, I um, I, I debated putting him, but ended up not doing so. Uh, Jaron Hall is my first big one here. Uh, Georgia, they play Georgia Southern this week. Uh, Georgia Southern is 112th in the country in total defense. It's a fairly high game total. I checked yesterday, I believe it was at about 57 and a half. Um, and in these big, you know, mismatch games for BYU, Jaron Hall tends to be the guy that gets the points. Um, so I'm, I'm going to bet on that again this week. I, I like Jaron Hall. 
My next start is Letty Brown. He's made an appearance on both sides of the list here. It kind of really depends on the matchup. And they get Texas's run defense this week. They're the 14th worst in the country. Uh, they give up 204.8 rush yards per game. They got gashed by Devin Neal last week. You want to know the, the, the full PPR scores for the last three running backs to play against Texas? I would love to. Devin Neal had 42.9 points last week. The week before that, Brees Hall had 28.9. And the week before that, Abram Smith had 21.6. And Texas will be out with will be without Bijan. I think that that's plus, plus, plus game script for them. Um, I also had Letty Brown, in case you couldn't tell. I figured. Um, next I had some fun th- research points this week, and you're just naming all the guys that I had the fun stuff looked up for. Well, I hope I take this guy here, too. My next start, I have Devin Neal. Um, he had four touchdowns last week. He gets some passing game work, so that's also a big plus. But they get TCU, uh, who is the seventh worst run defense. Uh, they have 226.2 rush yards per game. Watch out for Kansas. They're a little, they're a little spunky. They took Oklahoma down to the wire. They just beat Texas, um, and they're doing a lot of it on the back of Devin Neal. So next up for me here is Tank Bigsby running back for Auburn. I am starting him, you know, no Bo Nix as we talked about earlier. I, and, and against maybe some other matchups, I would say in, in, the question is, well, who's going to, how, how are they going to move the ball? And the answer for some games might be, well, they just aren't with TJ Finley there. But I think against South Carolina, this is a week where they can still move the ball. It, you know, maybe not quite as effectively as they normally would. And, and Biggie's been t- uh, TD dependent, but, but, not terrible recently and so i think he could have a decent day there against south carolina's uh, 89th ranked rush d this will be a low a low scoring game in my opinion as well which i mean I, there, there are some things working against him but i i feel decent about him this week i was considering him uh my next start here is max borgie uh he's been looking better lately you know he, he's been getting a little bit more pass game work too since rolovich is gone uh they get arizona this week arizona's just bad all around. So I'm starting Max Borgie. Yeah, that's fair. Um, next up for me, and I know we both said him last week, guys, and we're going to clear the record here. Will Sh- I'm starting Will Shipley this week for Clemson. Uh, they play NC State. Uh, NC State, thank you. So I am... Oh, no, they play Wake Forest. Oh, no, they don't. Yeah, um, NC State so- gets um, Syracuse. Yeah, that, that, that sounds right. Um, yeah. So we... we it came out after that game kicked off. That Will Shipley and Kobe Pace literally just didn't play at all in that game. They were fully dressed. They were on the sidelines. They were healthy. It came out after the game that they just weren't planning on playing them because they were playing UConn, and it didn't matter. So we counted that game as a scratch for both of us. I wasn't going to take an L on a guy being <laughs> totally freaking healthy and then the coaching staff doing... <laughs> Like I've never heard a coaching staff to be like, yeah, we're just not going to start any of our guys because it's UConn. Like they'll they'll like get a series, a couple of series or like a half. Like I've never, and so I blew my mind, blew my mind. I've never <laughs> seen that before. Um, so I'm not taking the L on that. It was a push, um, but I'm setting start him this week. Wake is just god awful. Like even if you're down to Wake, you still run the ball against them because you can. And I think they are going to want to eat up a little bit of clock to kind of try to keep the ball out of Wake Forest explosive hands. And the game total is 55, which is like super high for a Clemson game. Like Clemson's Clemson's game totals have been at like 38 for the past month and a half. So um, uh, this is a high one. I think I think Shipley can get a couple touchdowns here. 
I also have Will Shipley for all of the reasons you laid out. Um, I, I can't in good consciousness take the L on last week either. Um, it just, I don't expect that to happen again this week, no. especially against a wake for a one loss wake for team. No, it was stupid. Um, so I guess that's back to me then. So I'm starting my Boston college duo, Phil Jerkovich and Zay flowers against Florida state. Um, that offense, I mean, they, they were a little rough jerks first week back there against Vought tech, but this past week they came alive. Phil Jerkovich had a, a really great game this past week, uh, Florida state, not, a particularly strong pass defense and especially you know in conference here against the other you know above average quarterbacks they've played they tend to get uh roasted through the air so i, I think jerkovich and then zay flowers who is suddenly relevant again there with his qb i, I think both of those guys are starts this week i like that uh, i also have a duo here um devin Achain and isaiah spiller uh, i'm starting both of them this week texas a&m plays prairie view they're probably going to be able to run all over this team uh, so Isaiah Spiller is a good start here. He also gets some passing game work, so that definitely works in his favor. Uh, but Devin Achain has 100 yards and a touchdown in three of his last four games. So he's been he's been on a nice little run here. So I'm comfortable starting both of them. Cool, 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 cool. Um, so next up for me is uh, Shermari Jones, running back for Coastal Carolina. They haven't really been able to pass the ball at all with Grayson McCall out, but that is okay. Shamari Jones and Reese White on the ground uh, are here to save the day. I think he gets the check mark beside game script. I think he gets the check mark besides game total. It's supposed to be about 58 and, 58 and a half. Uh, and yeah, the volume is going to be there. So I, I think that against Texas State, yeah, I, I think that's a, a fair one to rule him out. I would agree with that. My next start here is a Matt Bruning special. Oh, uh, Mr. Johnny Ford, running back for FAU. Um, going to be Ohio State based. No, nope. Um, Johnny Ford is a mighty mouse. He's five foot five, 175 pounds, just a little guy, but he gets a lot of work in the receiving game. He's gone over 140 all-purpose yards in back-to-back games, and they get Western Kentucky this week. Uh, you have to score to keep up with Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky is a bad defense. I don't really trust Nikosi Perry that much. Um, so I, I'm, I'm going to try it out. Johnny Ford. You don't trust in Kosi Perry jerk. I don't either. Um, so <laughs> I'm starting Tyler Van Dyke this week. I was, I was tempted to go Jalen Knighton, but I dipped, I dipped into that. Well, last week, I didn't want to do it two weeks in a row. High volume offense. He's got rushing upside. Virginia tech has been a below average defense versus their conference opposition giving up almost 400 yards uh, per in, in those contests. I think Tyler Van Dyke has another nice day. I have Kai Thomas as my next uh, my next start here. Uh, he had 29 carries last week to Marquise Irvin's uh, 17. So Thomas may be starting to become the 1A to the 1B in that backfield. Uh, the, he had over 100 yards last week against Iowa, which... I think that sounds a lot better than it actually is. Iowa's pass defense is a lot better than their rush defense, but Iowa's rush defense is still very good. They get Indiana this week. Indiana is not very good, and I, I think Kai Thomas and, and Irving probably as well, but especially Kai Thomas has a big week. Next up for me is Kendry Miller. 
the other side of that Kansas running back do, uh, uh, competition there. He plays for TCU. Uh, Kansas, just a, a, a bottom 30 rush defense, I think, pretty much most ways you slice it there. I think the game script will be mostly in their favor. Um, and as far as I know, Zach Evans isn't playing. So I, I actually feel decently about starting Kendry Miller if I need to in certain spots. Yeah, I would I would agree with that too. I don't think uh, Miller plays, so I think you're pretty safe on that. Or um, Evans plays, so I think you're pretty safe with Miller. Uh, next start, I have Jerry and Ely. Uh, he's been kind of coming on of late here. Another guy with over 140 all-purpose yards in back-to-back games. Uh, four catches in back-to-back games here as well. They get Vanderbilt this week. I think he's going to have a nice week. Last for me, I really went back and forth on whether I wanted to include him or not, but I, I think I feel okay about it. Is Joquavius Marks against uh, Tennessee State there uh, for Mississippi State? I know, like, I, so I, I'm a bit scared to start. I, I wanted to pick somebody from this game because I think that that they're going to hang up some points here. I was a little scared to say Will Rogers just because it's such a weak matchup. Like, I'm not sure how much they're going to need to actually like air it, air it out. But I also know that Michael Leach. That's his preferred method of moving the ball. Um, but I, I do think that Marks is going to get some nice volume in the receiving game. I think he gets at least one touchdown and maybe two. And in, in, in half PPR standard, I might be scared off. But in full PPR, uh, I feel okay about Jaquavius Marks this week. Okay. All right. So there are our 10 names each. Colin, you want to name yours all here on one spot so everybody has them? Yeah, uh, first I have Wandale Robinson, Kai Chandler, Letty Brown, Devin Neal, Max Borgie, Devin Achain, and Isaiah Spiller, Johnny Ford, Kai Thomas, Jerry and Ely, Will Shipley. And then uh, I have Jaron Hall, Tank Bigsby, Letty Brown, Will Shipley, Phil Jerkovich slash Zay Flowers, Shamari Jones, Tyler Van Dyke, Kendry Miller, Joquavius Marks, and also Wandale Robinson. All right, guys, sits, and I usually go first on these, so I will kick things off. I am sitting Abram Smith this week, running back at Baylor. He's been fairly consistent there, getting over 100 yards and a tutty each week. Um, but I think this is going to be a bit of a lower-scoring game against Kansas State, uh, and Kansas State has a pretty darn good rush defense. So I think the combination of those two things – uh, uh, keeps Abram Smith from from getting more than I don't know, like fifteen ish points, and that's just not enough uh, for your semifinal matchups. Likely, I agree with that. Uh, I am sitting all of my Charleston Southern players. Uh, they get Georgia this week. <laughs> we can't use that gag this week. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, just kidding. You're not starting Georgia Charleston Southern players anyway. They're an FCS school. Um, no, I am sitting the App State running backs this week. Uh, they kind of bounce back and forth between both of Peoples and Noel. Um, they're kind of TD dependent as well. Both of them before have gone over 100 yards and gotten a touchdown and still not qualified as hits for us. They get Troy this week, who has the 26th best run defense in the country. They give up 123 rush yards per game. I'm not starting either of them this week. Um, yeah, I almost put, um, uh, people's down, um, decided not to last minute. So this, this is a really tough one, but I think I'm sitting Jalen Tolbert this week. They get South Alabama gets Tennessee. I get that that game script is going to be favorable. They're going to be behind. They're going to have to throw. 
but I just like that doesn't always like if it's just so such a disparate you know difference between the two sides like I don't think that rationale works and I just think this is one of those instances where the gap in quality is just too big for Torbert to do anything I, I think there's going to be you know getting after the quarterback I, I don't think he's gonna have much time there I think they're going to struggle to really move the ball at all um, and, and it's unfortunate um, if South Alabama was a little bit better then I, then I would be all over Jalen Tolbert this week, but I, 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 it's just too much. I can't do it. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, my next sit here is SMU wide receivers. Um, again, we talked about it a little bit earlier, so I'm not going to beat this to death, but they play Cincy this week. Um, last week was the only week that Cincy has let up more than 25 points this year. Um, and that was kind of in a little bit of a blowout there. They give up 20 points or less in all but three games this year. This is probably, you know, they're probably going to hold SMU to one of their lowest totals of the year. A very good defense. Uh, Mordecai does worry me a little bit, but you probably don't have a better option to play than Mordecai, but you can probably have better options than these SMU wide receivers. Yeah, so that, that is fair. Uh, next up for me is Adrian Martinez. And we talked about this two weeks ago, I think, Colin, where we were talking about making a trade for Adrian Martinez. And I was looking at his last schedule and I was like, oh, this is actually not a good schedule at all. He gets Iowa, I think, the week after this. He had Iowa State or Ohio State and then a bye. So, I mean, a brutal, brutal playoff stretch for him. I think this is going to be a slow game. I think the, the game pace way down. And I think, you know, tying into what we were talking about earlier, he has scored under 25 points in his past three games that he's played. He has not quite been at the the level for fantasy that he was earlier in the season. Uh, 41 and a half point game total. I mean, there's just a lot. I could keep listing things that make me hesitant on Adrian Martinez. You might not have a better option, but if you have another, like a, a Jackson dart, I think I would rather start dart over, over a Martinez or, or, or somebody on that kind of level. Uh, I can keep listing off things, reasons to not start Adrian Martinez as well. Uh, you know, they, they play Wisconsin outside of the Michigan game uh, where they gave up 38 points. Wisconsin hasn't given up more than 16 points all year. That 16 was to Penn State in week one. They've given up seven or less in their last three games. Um, this is going to be a low scoring game. Adrian Martinez might still technically be a hit yeah. for us, air quotes, but he's going to be very disappointing. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I had I to get the word out him. to people. Yeah, regardless if he yeah. if he ends up a hit or not. I had him um, as a sit as well. Yeah. All right, so then I will move right on to my next game name here, guys. Uh, uh, Javon Highway uh, for Coastal, basically for the same the flip side reasons of Shamari Jones. Why I'm starting him. Without Grayson McCall the past two weeks in half PPR formats, Javon Haley has a combined 6.9 points, which is both nice and terrifying. <laughs> um, I and I mean, I likely got bailed out by a touchdown at least last week. I don't know if, if Haley necessarily has like, you know, that that kind of upside with the backup. So I, I'm sitting him this week. I also have Javon Haley. Uh, Let's go. You know, like you said, you probably can't sit likely. He got bailed out last week by a touchdown. He's also a tight end. I don't have a lot of better options. But if you do, I would also consider sitting likely as well. But like you said, with, with the backup quarterback there, it's just way too difficult to trust them. Next up for me then is BJ Baylor. 
you also have BJ Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> so this you know, ASU is a pretty strong run defense overall. I believe they're top 40 in the country. The game total is a bit higher than I thought it would be. And so that part does worry me a little bit. I think it's right around 60 points. So I am a little uncomfortable with, you know, the, the main cog in that Oregon state offense saying to sit him, but I, I'm going to take the under in that game most likely. Uh, and, and, you know, and I, I just think Baylor, struggles a little bit bj baylor not baylor the the football team so i can see where the confusion would be there yes i also have bj baylor uh you said arizona state is a good run defense the top 40 they are 34th they give up 128.5 rush yards per game i don't really think you're gonna bj baylor doesn't really provide much in the passing game either so the games where he hits are games where he goes over 100 yards and has multiple touchdowns i don't think that happens this week next up for me <laughs> and next up for us i guess tyler goodson oh nope i don't have that. okay okay You're good You're uh good. tyler goodson game total is 38 and a half that passing offense like a little more explosive last week with Padilla over Spencer Petras, who I think is probably toast there at Iowa. Um, and Goodson just has not been that strong the, over the past few weeks. Like I, I, teams don't really respect their pass that much, and they don't rack up a ton of you know yards and red zone trips and all that anyway. Um, so I'm I'm sitting Tyler Goodson this week. Okay, yeah, finally somebody different for us here. <laughs> um, I am sitting Isaiah Bowser. Isaiah Bowser has not been a hit for us since week two. He's that another guy. hundred bucks this past week. <laughs> He's another guy who gives you almost nothing in the past game. Uh, UConn looks like a good matchup here. It is a good matchup here, but I'm still staying away uh, for the reasons that I said before. But he's very similar to BJ Baylor and not much in the past game. So he has to go over 100 yards and get multiple touchdowns for us to for him to be a hit for us. And I just, I don't think it happens. Um, so next up for me, I'm sitting KJ Jefferson this week, I think. And I know the game script, you know, against Alabama might be solid for him, but I just think Bama is going to make his life incredibly difficult. I will say that Bama's defenses historically under Nick Saban have not necessarily always done that well against dual threat guys. Um, but this, I, I, like, I, I think they're just going to be getting, getting after him all game. Uh, and I think he's he's running for his life, and it's just uh, that I think that offense struggles a little bit this week. Yeah, I almost put Traylon Burks down for for kind of the same reasons there, but Traylon Burks is the kind of guy who can score on one play, even with athletes like Alabama has on the field there. So I I don't love starting Traylon Burks, but I don't think you can sit him. So I agree with you there with KJ Jefferson. I like that call. My next sit here is Brandon Thomas. Uh, he had four carries and five carries the last two weeks. I don't really know what's going on in that backfield there. They're, they're giving carries to different people. It's Their running game has been, not been good for, for a while here. I don't think you can trust him. Plus, Houston has the eighth best run defense in the country. They gave up 99.2 rush yards per game. Uh, Brandon Thomas is, is definitely a sit. Next up for me, uh, Roshan Johnson. We talked a little bit about it earlier about kind of just avoiding this Texas offense as a whole, even, you know, Xavier Worthy being cautious with. Uh, I just don't think he's – I think people are going to expect a plug-and-play, and, play and uh, Bijan has made that offense, especially the running game, look better than I think 
a new it would be with a neutral back back there which Roshan Johnson probably is uh my last sit I do not have a full 10 I only have eight uh my last sit here is Cameron rising uh they get Oregon Oregon has a good secondary uh they have a good pass rush as well so I am a little bit worried here about Cameron rising but I also think this game is going to be relatively low scoring here um, I don't I don't think it's going to be a very high team total here. And Cameron Rising, um, he's definitely been a hit the past couple of weeks for us. Uh, you know, he's he's been able to be start worthy in a pinch for you. But I, I don't think he has it here this week. All right. So I guess then I get uh, free last couple names here for you guys. So first up is Corey Rucker, Arkansas State wide receiver. He started off the season pretty hot, had that big game. He's only scored in full PPR. Uh, that might be ha- no. I think it's PPR. He's only scored over twenty PPR points once since week two, which surprised me when I went to look into it. And he okay, so technically he had like twenty point three this week or something. But like, like really going above that, he hasn't done at all. Um, that that offense has struggled as a whole. So I think against Georgia State, uh, even though it's a, a weaker matchup, I'm, I'm not starting Corey Rucker. My other one is Mateo Durant, uh, running back mm-hmm. for Duke. They get Louisville. Um, Duke did not look good offensively this past week. They forget the Louisville team that really, really worked over Syracuse last week. Sean Tucker ended up getting like 90 yards, but most of it was in, in garbage time and, and he didn't score. Um, and so I think they can do something similar there to Mateo Durant. So I'm not starting him this week either. Um, so let's name all of our guys here real quick, Colin, then we'll, we'll get out of here. Uh, so I'm sitting Abram Smith, Mateo Durant, Jalen Tolbert, Adrian Martinez, uh, Javon Haile, BJ Baylor, Tyler Goodson, KJ Jefferson, Roshan Johnson, and Corey Rucker. And I am sitting the App State RBs, uh, SMU wide receivers, Adrian Martinez, Isaiah Bowser, Javon Haile, BJ Baylor, Brandon Thomas, Cameron Rising. Perfect. All right, guys. So that is going to do it for our show here tonight. If you have not checked out all the wonderful things that we have going on at campusdecanton.com, I would highly recommend doing so. Lots of fun things in the works, but even for now, we've got plenty of articles. We've got all of our podcasts on the network, guys. We've got Debbie Debate. We've got Why Wait Till Sunday. We've got the Fantasy Football Roundtable uh, and Guts and Data. And then, of course, us as well. Saturdays, guys, if you're not tuning into the live shows, Saturday mornings, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern Standard Time. We kick off the day with the tailgate. We preview all of the day's action from all sorts of different perspectives, CFF, betting, prize picks, DFS, uh, you know, just picking the games. You name it, we do it. And then at night, we go coast to coast to kind of wrap up the day in college football. Um, And again, guys, if you guys are members of the site and are not in the Discord, we have some really cool giveaways planned. They are going to be limited to people in the Discord. So if you are not in there, you cannot participate even if you are a member. So go ahead. It's at the top of the website page. Go in, click on that, get in there. If you can't find it, message one of us. We're happy to get that link over to you guys. Until later this week, guys, on Canton Bound, the NFL side of things, I am Austin. And this is Colin. And have a good one.